Welcome back. Um, here again with a number of Bush School students, and they are going to provide another perspective on how to use technology carefully to improve decision making when it's a good idea, when it's not, and uh, what the role of technology is in governance. But before we start that, I'm going to ask the group members to introduce themselves. Hello, my name is James McKenzie. I'm Jasmine Walia. I'm Shu Jiang. And I'm Lindsay Escalante. Thank you for taking the time again to chat with me. I'm excited to discuss your project with you. So your general uh, goal here was to talk about how to improve decisions within uh, governance for public servants using technology. So how did you go about structuring this, uh, this research project? The structure our group chose was to analyze various environmental factors that are changing for the modern day public decision maker. So each of us will address a different changing environmental factor. The one that I'm going to approach is how collective superintelligence is evolving in the modern city and how the modern day decision maker can navigate those changes in that collective superintelligence model. Excellent, let's jump into it then. Tell me, uh, tell me what you came up with in that section. Sure, the first finding that we had was that the rise of urbanization is leading to more opportunities to connect into what Nick Bostrom calls a collective model of superintelligence, where the aggregate whole is greater than the sum of their individual intelligences. So there was a finding from the New York Federal Reserve that approximately 83% of the US population resides in urban areas and approximately 89% of the nation's GDP comes from urban areas. So the increased movement of people to the cities is allowing for the opportunity to connect into a larger superintelligence, but also providing opportunity for public decision makers to bring us over collective action problems as there are more, more people living in cities. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, one of the... Uh challenges to that then I guess is what this where this leads to rural areas which is something politically we're seeing play out in uh, in real time that is so uh, talk a little bit about uh, urbanization and how that contributes to super intelligences <coughs> what else I'll continue with one more point that we wanted to make about smart cities a couple of different groups have also talked about smart cities but essentially what's going on is as Folks are moving into urban areas. There's an increased emphasis on interconnectedness among those who are living in those cities. And the rise of information technology has allowed the modern day public servant to get faster access to immediate data that citizens can provide. For example, the city of Tacoma, Washington started an innovative model where folks can go onto their city website and upload pictures of potholes in the streets, broken park benches, and allow public decision makers to react in real time to allocate resources to take care of those issues. In 2016, there was an interesting challenge that was given from the US Department of Transportation, which invited cities that were designated as smart cities to propose a way to integrate uh, innovative technology solutions between transportation and other methods of data that they were collecting. And interestingly, the city of Columbus, Ohio won the, the challenge with an, uh, an innovative approach that takes healthcare data 
especially from low-income areas, and incorporates ways to provide transportation to those individuals to get to their healthcare services. So our group has a recommendation that other public servants try to incorporate methods to um, include social equity within um, the rising use of information technology. So it's really allowing to, one of, the, one of the benefits is connecting kind of disparate pieces of information together, which helps, uh, helps with, the kind of, with the function of providing government service as well. So if we have an easier way of sharing information and sharing it rapidly and quickly, then that should lead to uh, better delivery of services. Excellent. So I see you also list potential economic growth as, a, as a, uh, something we need to consider. So tell me about that. Yes. Um, so as has been wi widely acknowledged, uh, artificial intelligence has substantial impact on the economy in terms of productivity, growth, market power, innovation, and uh, employment. And uh, uh, bringing the uh, profit can like bring uh, like bring the uh, revenue for the government and as well as uh, improving the uh, people's lives uh, in that city. So um, one example, uh, in 2019, uh, the uh, presidential office has released a, a report saying that um, AI will continue to create wealth and expand the American economy in the coming years. Um, also, uh, we we uh, after reading the articles, we found out a, a particular profit from AI that um, include that may include AI related rent. So, uh, with the patent of AI, uh, the country uh, the estimated large AI related rent could be gained at both. Uh, country level and localized level, uh, respectively, for providing access of AI to other countries or um, provide uh, provide the AI uh, access to uh, private companies, and um, this is also one of the reason that some countries that has uh, have a large investment in AI, such as France, France and um, China. So the idea is that one of the ways that uh, technology and in particular artificial intelligence is going to contribute to this governance picture is by increasing the overall economic pie yes. and in both in terms of raising people's standards of living but also for revenue sources for governments right. and that a number of countries have already begun investing heavily in AI US being one China being one and yeah. France being one at the national levels yes excellent yeah. all right what else do we have so in recognizing the effects of automation and technology aspects of you know, performance and work, um, mm -hmm. it was important for our team to consider how technologies and humans can create opportunities for collaboration and actually work together to balance you know, capabilities and advantages inherent to the organizational environment. So there is an aspect of you know, collaboration and balance as opposed to you know, immediate substitution of replacement. Um, mm -hmm. So in navigating the potential effects um, of automation and displacement on organizational performance, um, AI and you know, human decision makers each present valuable qualities um, and individual strengths that can work to improve overall outcomes and address challenges um, within different workplace situations. 
So in examining characteristics um, that distinguish machines and human intelligence, um, we found some authors, including you, Dr. Bullock, <laughs> um, that examine the conditions for which AI and, and other exponential technologies can reasonably be expected to perform better than humans, and then areas where human capacity and that human component um, really present an advantage um, against automation and analytical proficiency. Um, so research indicates that decisions that support the use of AI include those you know, that apply an analytical approach and involve you know, conscious reasoning and logical deliberation. So those aspects of AI technology to really support you know, logical and rational aspects of decision making um, can increase the abilities of policy analysts and public servants to more efficiently and effectively, what some groups have already discussed, um, increase the speed of data analysis and overall you know, just data capabilities. Um, but while AI can serve an important um, analytical functions um, to support logical and technical aspects of decision making, um, the public sector inherently confronts you know, issues of complexity and value challenges. Um, that often require human considerations and really you know, require that human component in you know, aspects of decision making. Um, so human performance inherently aligns more with intuitive approaches for decision making, and that includes values, you know, intuition, imagination, and creativity, and such values are inherent um, to the nature of human discretion, which um, you talked about, and then present important contributions um, you know, where complexity and uncertainty are really high. And we identified that those were areas um, within the research where humans will ultimately perform better than AI technologies. Um, and then as a result, um, interpersonal skills associated you know, with motivation and coordination are inherently difficult to automate um, in those values. So those represent areas you know, within the context of work and performance um, that are difficult to re simply replace with AI technologies. So I think I've done over 100 podcasts now. I think this is the first time my work has been referenced on the oh, podcast, geez. so I'm quite excited. There you go. <laughs> so, um, like with some of the other groups, one of the things that you do in this analysis, which does mirror my work, right, is you look at what types of tasks might be automated and when that's a good idea and when that's not, and what types of tasks might augmentation be better and when they when they might not. And one of the real concerns here, the other groups have mentioned, are things like effectiveness and efficiency. Um, and equity. But one of the things that, that your group highlights that I think is important is it's actually different types of decisions that are being made. Humans are much better at intuition in general, much better at creativity, thinking outside of the box. Uh, artificial intelligence and technology tools are better at clearly defined tasks, at finding patterns, at taking unstructured data and structuring it. And so we're really talking about different types of tasks that the humans are good at versus different types of tasks that artificial intelligence or technology might be good at and trying to find and navigate a way where they can be complementary to one another rather than an intention. Yeah, it was really interesting for our group to look at it in that perspective in terms of like different tasks that value the human component and those that could potentially be replaced with AI. It was interesting to look at it through you know, sort of augmentation as opposed to total replacement and how that could work out in the public sector. Um, so it was important for us to understand these inherent limitations and then advantages between the human components and then AI technologies, and then ultimately the potential consequences of creating these opportunities um, for assistance and collaboration. Um, so as machines continue to transform um, the nature of work and present 
questions concerning the future of productivity is peer superiority and efficiency. Um, researchers maintain a really important quote that the world will, all, will always need human brilliance, human ingenuity, and human skills. And I think that was really an important aspect that we looked at. Yeah, I think the, the values piece is another one that really plays a large role, which is if, you know, we, we give a lot of discretion to humans in complex situations because we're not really clearly defining what the values exactly are and how we make actually a lot of governance decisions. You know, can think of a police officer making decisions about when to actually charge somebody with something versus not. Um, a lot of that is tied up in values and, and cultural judgments. And those are things that machines really can't quite do yet, uh, for sure. And that's a place where we really... From a societal standpoint, it seems really important that humans remain kind of chief decision makers. So you also talk about intended and unintended consequences of uh, potentially using AI or other technologies. So tell me a little bit about that. Sure. The uh, intended consequences that we found AI to result in were productivity and virtual mobility, whereas uh, unintended consequences we found were unemployment and economic and social exclusion. Uh, so to get into the intended consequence of productivity, that's relatively straightforward. We know that AI has made these advances to help humans be more productive in what they're doing. It can address complex situations related to decision-making in particular, uh, especially when coupled with big data. Uh, it can also reduce the complexity for problem-solving and identify relationships and, est and establish uh, causal relationships uh, from many possibilities, which can take humans uh, quite a bit more time. Another intended consequence is virtual mobility. In government, technological advances can allow people to have increasing access to information and the ability to contact officials uh, or local authority services. And by providing access to this information and these officials, communities can become uh, politically empowered. One example of this that we found was in North Carolina, uh, where participation was, was increased with government uh, after this community attempted to gain control of an, a housing estate redevelopment. And they were able to gain information and support from other neighbors. And as a result of that situation, the citizenship was uh, able to make the change without barriers associated with physical mobility. So they were able to organize in this typical community organizing model but doing so more virtually, mm -hmm. which makes things go a lot quicker and, and can be a lot more accessible to people that may not have access to transportation. Uh, and then to move into the unintended consequences, the first thing that we discussed was unemployment. So AI has already uh, taken over certain jobs and will continue to be the source of unemployment as it evolves. And the speed of change has quickened and accelerated, causing the shift in skill sets to be in a place where people aren't able to keep up with the change in demand and change in skills. Uh, this job disruption has created uh, discrepancies in which populations are hurt more than others. And we actually found uh, that in the labor force today, males are more likely to be uh, unemployed because of this. And, and out of labor force, males are more likely to be opioid users or more likely on disability than their average US counterparts. And women in industrialized nations are exceeding men in terms of higher education attainment and are seen to be better accustomed to take these higher uh, earning positions in the future as AI continues to develop. 
The other unintended consequence that we found was economic and social exclusion. And uh, we basically found that this can cause a great burden on all of society and the economy. And the emergence of technology primarily affects young people, causing them to face uh, economic and social exclusion. They, this does affect other groups. The elderly population is also primarily affected because really all they've known is the same type of work uh, since the Industrial Revolution. And with this advance in AI, it's, it's seen that young people will be mostly affected because older people will either exit the workforce or have to kind of gain these skills that, that might be more difficult for them to obtain. And social exclusion can be defined as the denial of access to an individual or group uh, to participate in social and political life of the community. And this can result in a diminished quality of life, limited life chances, or reduced citizenship. And as a result of this social and economic exclusion uh, and a lack of employment opportunities, young people may be led to social disruption or frustration with the way things are going in society. And the next question that we sought to answer uh, beyond these intended and unintended consequences what is what is the government's role in alleviating and mitigating some of these issues that arise? Mm -hmm. uh, and we had a, a few solutions that we suggested and that was um, bridging the digital divide that exists, revitalizing the U.S. safety net, uh, increasing uh, subsidies for caring labor, and universal basic income. So in terms of bridging the digital divide, uh, there's one UK-based initiative that we examined um, of three that we found in the UK uh, that we thought was pretty interesting, and it's called Wired Up Communities. And this is uh, simply a government-funded initiative that puts internet in homes. And it has faced several challenges, uh, particularly related to cost, but this uh, initiative is working to increase funding streams um, from purchases of value-added services by residents, um, advertisements, or, or private investment in these initiatives. So we thought this was something that the U.S. could consider uh, in bridging this digital divide that is potentially going to cause disruption between uh, our young people, our older people, and then uh, and in the economy. So the second piece that we uh, looked at is the U.S. safety net. Uh, so the U.S. safety net was created to attract scarce workers to begin with, and now uh, we're facing unemployment due to issues that really weren't um, anticipated with the rollout of a lot of government assistance and safety net programs. Um, and more pressure has been placed on governments as well as employers are less capable of taking on the cost of supporting uh, employees to begin with in terms of things like insurance or, um, or investing in their retirement. And many, uh, many social safety net programs are seen as flawed because of the uh, stringent work requirements that either you can exceed and lose the benefits or if you're not meeting, you can also lose the benefits. So those are problematic um, and, and really need to be revised to reflect the changes in society and the changes in the ways that people work and operate. Uh, because we do have a lot of small private businesses. We have people that work on their own and are not a part of these large organizations that typically provide benefits. Um, so the government needs to step in and support these individuals. Uh, the third thing that we examined was investing in caring labor. Uh, caring labor <coughs> is face-to-face uh, -face, uh, service delivery and, and can be things like 
taking care of children or the elderly, teaching, um, therapy, uh, things that humans really, uh, things that we really need that human element for. And currently our economic and political systems don't reward or compensate our caring labor providers in the ways that they should. Um, and as AI increases to develop, or continues to develop, uh, these jobs will become very important in society because these are gonna be the people that are doing the work that isn't necessarily the first to go to AI um, and in increasing technologies. So in subsidizing caring labor, we could make these jobs more appealing to people and uh, because women participate in caring labor more than men, there is an imbalance to consider. Uh, but if the caring labor field expands and there are more subsidies involved, it could be a great opportunity to get more men that are unemployed into this part of the labor force. And then finally, we talked about uh, universal basic income or UBI. Uh, and the government could replace programs such as disability and social security with a program that provides equitable assistance to everybody, and that would be through UBI. Uh, and UBI is defined, uh, for anyone that is unaware, as income paid by a political community to all of its members on an individual basis without means, test, or work requirements. And cities such as Detroit and San Francisco have actually already begun experimenting with UBI. In 2017, San, uh, San Francisco's Office of Financial Empowerment uh, proposed a pilot UBI program that was going to focus specifically on children and families. And um, a lot of the proponents and strong arguments supporting UBI um, are to fill in the gaps that are going to exist as technology continues to advance. Very nice. Um, I think you brought the rest of the report together there. Um, okay, so well, I like how you've uh, laid out some of the trends of intelligence and how that impacts urban areas and cities and also rural areas, potential areas in which this might in increase economic growth, which kind of goes to potentially funding some of these government programs, um, the ways in which specific uh, tasks might be altered or augmented. Um, by artificial intelligence or other technologies, areas in which it's important to keep humans at the forefront. Thinking about the intended and unintended consequences of these tools is something that we need to make sure we tackle um, strongly. And then some of the potential roles that government might play in navigating the space where technology is continuing to increase, increase as do as having a myriad of effects on society, leaving some people behind, making others more wealthy, eliminating some jobs at a rapid pace while creating new ones, but the skills and tasks that are required to complete those maybe lag a little bit as, as technology continues to increase in its pace of development. All right, I think that's all we have for this one. Thank you so much. Thanks for your Thank work. Thank you. Thank you.